Let's open our Bibles, please. Um, we'll rise up in a moment to take the declaration of the glory of God. We're going to read today from the book of um, Psalms, as usual, from 66. We'll take from verse 1 to verse 9. Psalm 66. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 9 today. If you are open there, say amen. amen. If you want us to wait for you, say please wait for me. All right, I think we are all there. So let's rise to our feet. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse um, 9. All right, let's read together very loud. One, two, let's go. Shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Because of the greatness of your power, your enemies will give faint obedience to you. All the earth will worship you and will sing praises to you. They will sing praises to your name. Five, come and see the works of the Lord who is awesome in his deeds toward the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There let us rejoice in him. He rules by his might forever. His eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. 8. Bless our God, O peoples, and sound his praise abroad. Who keeps us in life? And does not allow our feet to sleep. Father, we give you the glory. Jesus, we honor you. To you be all this glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We say you are blessed forever. Amen. We will sound your praise abroad. Amen. You are the one who keeps us in life. Amen. And does not allow our feet to sleep. Amen. We give you praise once again today in Jesus' name. Amen. And as we go into your word today, Father, we will receive from you inspiration. Amen. We receive from you understanding. Amen. We receive from you insight. We receive from you instruction in righteousness. Amen. For that reason, we declare as follows. One, two, let's go. Amen. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You are blessed already. Say amen to that. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. Tell the person you are blessed already. Turn to another neighbor apart from your wife. Say you are blessed already. You are blessed already. I'm catching some people. They turn to your neighbor. They turn to their wife. Turn to their husband. Spread this thing around for goodness sake. Turn to another person and say, you are blessed already. You are blessed already. Amen. The Lord is good. All right. The Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Let's take our seats. All right. Today we are going to go on looking at the true worship of God. And um, like I said last time, I'm going to go back to something I teach once in a while. But let's just start from the book of um, Romans chapter 12. There's something I teach once in a while. I said it last time. From verse 1, Paul said, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, okay, let me just read the next line, verse 3. He said, for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. 
For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts, it says in verse 6, that differ according to the grace given to us, let each exercise them accordingly. A prophecy according to the proportion of his faith. And it continues to list. I'm going to stop reading in that um, verse 6. Now, actually, the main reason I read this is um, the first two verses, but then the other ones are just, um, it's just good to quickly add them in. We will refer to them later on. Now, uh, if anybody's listening to this by recording, you'll wonder why I want to do what I want to do, but they will know that <laughs> if you are following it, it looks like one after the other. But for those of us here, time passes in between those messages. So that's why we have to do a bit of recapitulation each time. So what we have been looking at is the fact that you have to worship. Worship is part of life. And you cannot be alive if you are not worshipping. You are made to worship. Now, what you worship is a choice you make. That's the only one God has given to you as a choice. What you worship. Now, that's the first point. Second point is that if you don't worship the true God, you will worship a false one. So you only only have the opportunity to choose the true God. Otherwise, a false one is imposed on you. Let me say that again. God gives you the opportunity to make a choice to worship the true God. Otherwise, you will find yourself worshiping a false God without your choosing it. That's just the way it works. So to be safe in life, seek for the true God and worship him. Make it the assignment of your life. Now, let me just remind us of something I believe many of us know. Life, God has divided life into two broad parts for the purposes of this discussion, that the point I want to just bring out. There is seed and then there is harvest. Many of the things people are looking for in life are things of harvest. They are things of harvest. They are not the things of seed. Okay? What God has given us as control over those harvest things, which are the things of harvest, like I said earlier, and these are the things we are desiring, are is for us to be able to sow the right seeds. So what he's saying is that sow the right seeds and at the right time. I hope you're getting my point. Sow the right seeds at the right time. Then many things that people are pursuing in life will be added to you. God gave us strength for few things. Now that strength, you can use it for everything you want. Inside you, there's an inherent energy, spiritual energy God has given you. You can decide to use it to look for money and look for worldly fame and worldly success. And listen to me, it works. You can read all kinds of books and direct your energy. What will happen is that you, there will be many things that God will have done for you and through you which will never be accomplished. But in your own energy, you will succeed in some things. All right? And the world may celebrate you. But what God actually gave you energy for is to seek him. I hope you're getting my point. That's what God gave you that energy for, to seek him, to want to know him, to want to become like him. That is something you are supposed to use your energy for. Then, in, 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 that's a seed, as a harvest, as a fruit. In return for that, he will add many other things to you. Now, that's what, that's what Jesus meant when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added. Now, the word first there sometimes gives us the impression that you cannot seek other things after you have sought this. The truth is this. Once you are seeking that as a matter of priority, okay, other things are added to you. Those are the secondary things. You never seek the secondary things. I hope you're getting my point. So once you make seeking the right thing first, you won't have time for the other things. 
they will be ones, they will be the ones adding to you by themselves. It's not as if um, you can dispatch, the, okay, I've sought the kingdom. Now let me now seek <laughs> other things. No. That first thing actually takes over your life. What is first in your life will take everything over. Everything in your life will now be interpreted or begin to happen in light of the first thing. So what is that first thing? The kingdom of God. What is that first thing? Righteousness. It's righteousness. So you, you, the energy God has given you is to be used to seek him. You don't use that energy to seek money. You don't use, uh, use that energy to seek ministry. You don't use that energy to seek fame. You don't use that energy to seek, seek success in life. Use the energy to seek God. Then he will add other things to you. Many times people, ministers make that mistake a lot. They use the energy to seek ministry. They are praying, not because of God, but because of ministry. They say if you continue to pray, ministry will grow. So you see them praying all the time. They are not seeking God, they are seeking ministry. Many times Christians, you know, they are giving. You know, we talk about giving a lot because it's very common in Christianity. But they are not really seeking God. They are seeking the money. They say, okay, you want to be a millionaire, sow your seed. You start hearing funny tales. Tales like Dangote got up from for Agbishop with Daosa on a plane, and Agbishop blessed him, and that's why he's Africa's richest man and the world's richest black man. Now, did that really happen? I don't know whether it really happened. I'm not sure. I'm not saying. But one thing I know for sure, if it happened, he, did, he was not trying to become rich. Those of us are now getting up for all kinds of clowns that come on the plane because we want to be rich, and God will not give it to you because you are not sick. You know, motive counts with God. We've not taken what somebody did. I'm not saying he did that. Please don't quote it that Pastor Banky said he did. I never said so. I don't have enough evidence. I've tried to do a bit of asking. Nobody has given me an answer whether that really happened. Now, could Archbishop Idaosa have gone on a plane and asked somebody to please disembark to give his guest a seat? Is the kind of thing he would do. Was it Ali Kudanguti that did it in reaction? I don't know. Will Archbishop have blessed you if he did that? Yes, most certainly he will bless you. He would have. That's that the kind of person he was. Is that the reason why one man is the richest Nigerian? I don't know. Because that would be very crazy because the same man is not even born again. So why do we want to emulate that? I don't know whether you're getting my point. Is that our faith doesn't matter to us? You have said, Archbishop, why didn't you bless him with salvation? Why do you bless him with money? Do you get my point? <laughs> but even if that was what happened, the, question that, the thing I wanted to bear in mind is that he wasn't sowing the seed in that regard, he was just doing what was normal to him. What am I trying to say? So many times people are using spiritual principles. They are not seeking God. They are seeking the harvest. So they mess up the whole thing. A lot of people come to church, they are not seeking the Lord. They are seeking solution. They are seeking solution. Like one day, one lady, I went to preach somewhere. One lady came to speak with me. And I won't let that happen again because she took so much of my time. Now anybody wants to talk to me, I would give, look, okay, you have five minutes. Everything you can say in five minutes, I almost have taken like 30 minutes of my time. And I mean, we're out on a program. Now, this was where she was going. The family had issues. Now, listen to this carefully. Because sometimes we misjudge God. We don't know what he's doing. So the, the father, and she described the family problems. And many families have problems. They do. I mean, it's very common. I mean, it's, that's how human beings are. Families have problems. And just by the way, please, your family problem does not mean your, your life must be like that. You know, this, um, a few hours ago, I had to quickly check something because of something I said here some, last time on Pi Alton. So I had to quickly get some information right. So I have the book, the biography, that fat book, I have it on, by, on Pi Alton. So I, I was going through the book, then something struck me there. If I just remember it now, talking about family problems, I'll get back to what I was trying to say in a moment. Um, they said Pi Alton, the, I think the mother, ah, now, the story now, let me not give you, because I just saw it in passing. I was looking for something else. But many people in his family died early. 
His sister died at the age of 30-something from, I think, tuberculosis. But there was a lot of premature death in his family. Now, the author now said that, <laughs> that that was not prophetic about his life at all. Because he lived to be an old man, very healthy. There were, in his own fam- natural family, there was a lot of sickness. They died early. But the old man, the, the, the ma- young man came to Nigeria, lived to be 80-something, healthy. That is, he was perpetually healthy. When he was 70-something, he would still be driving himself all over Nigeria. On this one, men now said, sir, this is not right. And they now forced him. They got him a driver by force. And he was willing. He would drive from Lagos to Benin, from uh, Elisha to, the, to Shubu. To, that's how he was crossing the country, going to Boko, just going everywhere, driving himself. So that, that, the author of that book just said <laughs> that the situation of his family did not at all predict what his life was going to be. Now, he was not, he was not trying to teach a doctrine. He was just showing a fact. So be it that in mind. Your uncle died at the age of 45. Your father died at the age of 46. Your other uncle died at the age of 49. And then your grandfather made it to be 38 and a half. You know, that kind of thing. And then you are, now you are 32. You are not sleeping well again. That's why you will die at 36. <laughs> Just forget them. What did I say? Forget them. Just don't do the things they were doing. If you go and check that, your uncle, he had three wives. If you have three wives, how do you intend to live long, really? It's hard. The one that had one wife is the one that we know. After he died, you saw the other women showing up with children. If you are behaving like that, you will die at 37 and a half. I can assure you of that. Because if, if you see ancestral bad behavior and you follow it, ancestral curses will stay with you, born again or not. The first thing Christ delivers you from is ancestral bad behavior. So if you want to use the deliverance of Christ, you know, to live while they continue the urukuruku of the grandfather. Don't joke with Christ, though. He will save you then. <laughs> he said, oh, well, leave. Please, let me say it again. It is a lie, a fat lie, that repentance is not necessary for salvation. It is a fat lie that people will tell you that repentance is not necessary for salvation. It is an absolute lie. It's common, you know, that grace doctrine flying around. It's a lie. So the Bible says faith. Listen, the reason why the Bible says faith is I didn't know you had to explain that faith and repentance are the same thing. Like I was preaching somewhere this morning, I gave them an illustration at that point. I said, imagine they said that, look, wash your hand with soap. Somebody now comes to preach. Praise God. He said we should wash our hands with soap. He didn't say we wash your hand with water. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Is it possible for somebody to say wash your hand with soap? Of course, because he assumes you have enough common sense to know that water <laughs> is what is needed to use the soap. So once the Bible talks about faith, he assumes that you know it goes with what? Repentance. The Lord is good. Now, I have said so many things. I hope I, what was I? Uh-huh, thank you. As the point of people who talk too much, they will talk so much, they lose their direction. But if we don't talk too much, people will not learn. So the work is really getting confusing. <laughs> Can I again say, a lot of people get more blessed in those side discussions than the real thing. So let's get back to the real thing, right? <laughs> so, the young woman came to me that day, saying they have family problems. Just so you understand why I went into that. So don't let your family problems dictate your life. That's what I say. Okay? Now, so she was just not trying to explain something. So she talked talk here and there. Ha! Huh? I tire. I was worn out by the plenty talk. But this is where I'm going. She said her father will go from one place to another. One um, shrine to one mountain 
to under one tree, to one church, all kinds of things. And then one day she sat her father down and tried to explain to her father that, listen, daddy, this is not right. We can't be going up and down like this. Let's face one direction. And the father said to him, ha, that's what I'm telling the story, that the solution we are looking for, I'm looking, those were her words, that if you have the solution, bring it. I will follow you there. So that's why she came to see me that day, that she couldn't answer the man. Because the fact that they had problems was obvious to everybody in the family. And that the man wanted solutions. So why, who was she to tell him, don't go to the mountain, don't go to the hills, don't go to the valley, don't go to the shrine, don't go under the roko tree. If that's where the solution is, I have to look for it. Now you see, that's the thing I want to correct. So many people are coming to church to look for solution. And I want to tell you the truth about Christ Jesus. If that's what you are coming to look for, many times it doesn't answer you. Seek the Lord. That's the assignment. What you should have told the Father is that the most important thing in life is to know the Lord. And where you are going, you won't know Christ Jesus there. It doesn't sound nice, but that's the truth. That's why you see Christians, supposed Christians, these days are beginning to wonder how many people are really Christians. Because many people are jumping from one place to the other. What they are looking for is what? Solution. They are not looking for Christ Jesus. They are not looking for Christ Jesus. Those is our funny prophet was still there in Lagos. People tell me that I'm calling him a false prophet. That is doing wonders. I say, if you are looking for wonders, then you can be sure you will be deceived. Lying wonders fill this generation. And it's a sign of the times. One of the marks of the Antichrist and the false prophet, okay, is that they will perform wonders that... Why not for the grace of God, even the elect to be deceived? So somebody is doing wonders. Why is it exciting you? So what I used to say to people that time, they say he's doing wonders. What revelation of Christ have you ever gotten from the joker? All you need to see, do was see the congregation. You see faces of dead people. They, are never, they didn't even have enough life to laugh. They're just waiting for the show to start. Of which nine out of ten of those things that you saw were stage managed. They were acted. They were scripted. But what I'm talking about is that I tell people that, did you go there looking for Christ? And did you find Christ there? What do people go looking for? Miracles. What would they go looking for? Solution. But what God said is that seek Christ. Seek to know God. Solutions will come to you naturally. The way God wants us to treat him is that even though he slays me, yet I will trust him. Once I, they ask Peter, now you must understand something. Jesus did all kinds of wonderful works, which you must understand. He, the works of Christ, for those who want to understand it, they were not done for those who were not seeking God. Many people don't realize it. Jesus did his miracles for those who sought God under John. And John did not promise them any miracles. The only thing John promised was deliverance from the judgment to come. He promised nothing else. When Jesus came, he came with what? A blessing, healing for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So that when a Gentile came, he had nothing to offer her until she reached by faith. Don't let me get too technical now because you see, there's, because some people be asking questions. Why did they answer? Go and see everybody that Jesus answered their prayer who were not Jews, who were not the, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They were making intercession for somebody else. 
The Bible says faith works by love. But let's not sit on that. What I want, to, I want you to understand is that Jesus did his miracles for those who went to the baptism of John when John did not promise any miracle. It was said to us clearly that John the Baptist did not do any mighty work. Yet, people thronged and they were baptized. He took the sick, baptized them. They came out of the water, they were seasick. And he said his assignment was to introduce the bridegroom. And when the bridegroom came, even John was surprised with what he brought. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. John saw those things and was still asking, are you the one to come? Or we should expect another. Because I'm not bringing out something here. Even John did not know what he will bring. The John that was baptizing did not know the depth of the blessing he will bring. The only thing he expected was liberation from oppression by the Romans. Jesus was there preaching. So John sent to him. He said, go and tell John what you see and hear. Tell him this is, the, this is the blessing I brought. My emphasis is that those that Jesus blessed like that, when they went for baptism, nobody promised them anything. So God gave us energy to seek him. Those who come to church looking for where prosperity is being, how they can, one man came to church, told me with his own mouth, that they told him that go to that church, they make people rich there, and they went. They didn't come to look for Christ. There are those who get there, maybe accidentally, they hear the truth, and then they focus on the truth, and they leave the money alone. But that's why people jump from one church to the other. A new church comes down, they've gone there. Miracles. And that's how they get deceived. And God gives them over to the spirit of deception. They start believing all kinds of lies. Why? They did not go to seek the Lord. The energy he gave us is so that we will seek him. That's it. He gave us energy to seek him. And then, as we pursue him and know him, other things are added. Those other things sometimes they distract people. They confuse people. I've heard many testimonies. People were seeking God and God blessed. But even them, they themselves did not know how. They now began to teach people how to get things. Jesus said, look at this guy. Why is he causing confusion? You, when you first met me, did you ask me for money? Is it not prayer you were praying money afternoon and night? Did you not open your mouth one day and say to me, Lord, even if I die poor, may I not miss heaven? May I not miss the knowledge of you? Like Enegin would say in those days. He said, after I got saved, he said, he was sick, he was paralyzed on the bed. He said, it didn't matter to me anymore. That if I died now, at least I died happy. I'm sure, he said, I know I'm not going to hell. He said, that was all that mattered to him. And every time he would sleep, he would smile. He would sleep singing and smiling. He said, so that if peradventure I die in my sleep, they will meet me with a smile on my face. He didn't expect to get healed. He wasn't thinking about healing. It was as he was not studying the scriptures. Ah. And the Holy Spirit lit upon that scripture. Poured light on it for him. Make a long story short. After many months of studying the scriptures, he now realized that he could get healed. He realized he could get healed. And then, of course, he got healed. And with a lot of struggles and challenges along the way, he stayed healed. And this, then he was 17. Finally died at the age of 88. What am I saying? That energy the Lord gave us is so we can seek him. Let's never forget it. He gave us energy to seek to know him. 
that is the greatest satisfaction in our lives must be that we know the Lord. Okay, I said something along the way I got into this. Peter, when Jesus was teaching and he taught some hard doctrines, and everybody ran away, they asked Peter, are you guys not going to? to? What did he say? To whom shall we go? He said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That is, why they were following him was for the words of eternal life that he offered to them. It wasn't because of the material things that, you know, the miracles. No. He said, well, who, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Please, let's bear that in mind. Let's seek God for the right things. People will go up and say, if you go to that place, you'll get a miracle. Break, a young, especially young men, they are looking for a financial breakthrough. We pursue ministers up and down because of financial breakthrough. Further stop that pursuit. If you do now for the next last four years, you have not broken through, been breaking down every moment. You've tried every principle they taught you. But I'll just leave it. Just leave it. Say, Jesus Christ, just reveal yourself to us. That's it. So as for this financial breakthrough, we'll leave that side. People don't know the Lord. They want him to break <laughs> Listen, that's not the will of God. That's not the will of God. That's not what he planned for us. He just wants us to, with a full heart, just focus on him. See, let me tell you the truth. God will bless people materially. He doesn't have any problem with it. But don't give him, you know, I keep on telling people, don't give him conditions. He doesn't like conditions. I will serve you, then you will bless me. It's okay, don't serve me. I'm not blessing you. Leave it. Think I'm looking for servers. If I'm looking for those who will serve me, I will create them and put salve on their head. All this negotiation, I do, it's, your, it's for your own good. I like, okay, let me serve you. Okay, don't serve me now, then I won't bless you. Then go and serve the devil. You will go see. What is all this shakara that if let me serve you so that you will bless me? Because I made a deal. You know, I keep on telling people, please don't make any deal with God. Though. And I've been saying that, and I feel like Lord Spirit wants to tell people, and warn, I've been advising before now, I'm warning. Don't get him angry. Don't make deals with me, with him. I will pray three times a day, then by December you will give me money. You want to hear the truth? By December you will be poorer than ever before. You increase to six times, he reduces your salary by half again. Say, Lord, I'm not praying again. He increases your money. So what are you trying to do here? I don't strike this with people. If you want something, ask for it. Let's stop this negotiation. Make me look like I can't do anything except I'm getting something from, from, from it. Is that how you treat your own children? You'll be insulting the Lord every day. And he gets him very angry. Just be patient with us. You know, the older I get, the more I understand the meaning of the patience of God. When I see the way me, I devex sometimes. I say, God, and I, it's vexing of righteousness. So. And I say, God has not punished people. He has not killed them. So you must really be patient. And I can assure you, we have, we have annoyed him so much in this country, especially. I've, you know, someone they say, we have made a covenant with God. What covenant did you make? I built him a house. God said, which house? You don't read. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Build something, let me see. That is, Burj Khalifa is not high enough to carry me. You know the meaning of heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. That's how tall I am. <laughs> that is, if I want to sit, the next two million years, you are building the chair. You have not even reached where I will sit down. You finish all the cement on earth. You have not laid the foundation for where I can sit. So you want to build me a house. So to which, this one that we look, the one that is contrite of spirit and trembles at my word. You know, build me a house. People now said, I'll build God a house. He will bless me. And then what do they build? They build a church. And God said, do, you, do I look like I go to church? <laughs> I go to church. Say, well, ah, let's go for service. I told you, God doesn't even like going to church because if he goes too often, <laughs> kind of things you will hear sometimes. 
And he knows that all our good behavior is there in church. He doesn't go. He goes to our office, goes to our homes. But most importantly, he feels everything. You can't build him a house. So we're making deals with him. Over what now? So let's bear that in mind. I keep on saying it. We cannot make any deal with God. I made a deal long ago. That deal was, it, was, it, was, it never went into effect. You're the one that was confused. It never went into effect. You serve the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Now, that might, if you understand Hebrew, strength and money and wealth in Hebrew is the same thing. So when they say with all your might, it meant with all your material resources. When they say not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, that is not by your own you know, material ability. That's what made by might. That's why I get, I still get upset when people tell me that you owe God 10%. I said, who owns the other 90%? Why do we talk like we are high? I mean, high on bad things. I don't mean high on the most high. If you really want to get high, you get high on the most high. Are you, I hope you're getting my point. People go and smoke a wee-wee. They get high. Telling God he owns 10%. They own 90%. And when they have tipped him 10%, they will now be feeling very generous. When they have not been able to give him another 10% on top of that 10%, they feel like God should make them deacons and pastors. And then when they need need to pray, God should come and say, Hey, sir, what do you want? You took my 100 naira and gave me 20 naira, and I should be grateful. Everything belongs to him. You give him a small bit and he must answer your prayers. You know, I keep saying these things because people someday they don't they don't even reason about it. It's totally illogical and it's not Christianity. What am I saying? Let's seek the Lord with all our heart. If we don't, we serve other gods. There's no option. Any bit of you that you're not using to seek God is that part in which you are using to seek other gods. Yeah, that's the truth. I, you know, I talked to one of our sisters. She called me. Well, of course, you all know what happened um, last Sunday in Nigeria. What happened in my hometown, in my mother's church. So that's actually where, hap- where it happened. So okay, a lot of people know. So I was getting calls here and there. So I had to answer a lot of calls. Hey, how's your mom? I hope she's okay. I hope she's okay. I said, yeah, she's fine. Well, she's not even the, in the town most of the time. She's in, in somewhere else. But that's her home church. So one of our sisters called. So it's been a long time. So just to check on me, how, how was my mom? And then when I started talking. Along the line, something she said that I, it struck me. She said that there's a woman that... Um, they know that's her family. Now, I think it's a couple. I'm not even sure whether it's a man or a woman now. But it's a preacher. Came from the U.S. during this COVID thing and came to Nigeria and was amazed that we're locking down everywhere. We, we see the good church. I hope you're getting my point. She was impressed, actually, that, ah, these people are really, really serious. Came back another time. You see the way we go to church, the way we worship her. She got confused, like, God, no one time prayed, Lord, no, no, what's going on? What, what's going on? These people are so... Which word do I use that? They so go to church, let me put that word, that what is going on in the country is not reflecting their, church, their churchiness. She didn't use that word, I'm the one adding word. It's not reflecting their faith. So, you know, it was for the person, a matter of prayer, went and prayed, and the Holy Spirit said something. And that's what I want to report to you. The Holy Spirit said, they serve other gods too. That they don't serve with their whole heart. You see them, the way they go to church, that's how they also go elsewhere. They come to church not with a whole heart. I'm, I'm adding many words now. They are double-minded. They come to, for congregation of the saints on Sundays, ask them what, where they go on Monday. What did they do on Mondays? 
How do they live their lives? And now, I know, they, of course, we know the main thing with the self is what? Mammon. Thank you. Thank you. They serve mammon. So they gather in church. And people are amazed. Ah, there's a revival going on in Nigeria. You're looking. Who is revival? Excuse me. What do you call revival? Some of our biggest churches, denominations in Nigeria, honest, the little understanding I have, I know when God is going to church, that's where they go. <laughs> Smell everywhere. Odious. When they want to sing praise and worship, plugs his ears. Because the person singing praise and worship, leading praise. And I said, you cannot offer sacrifices with dirty vessels. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Look at them. You can't even preach against sin because choir go empty. If they preach against iniquity, ah, offering, shh, down. Down by 80%. A woman said to my, well, she met my wife. The cost of this, she found out that my wife is a pastor's wife. She's a pastor's wife. Oh, my, yeah, yeah, your husband is a pastor too. Okay, which church is in teaching ministry? Okay, okay. Began to ask questions. How do, you answer, how do you handle this and this and that? One of the things she asked my wife how she will handle or how I handle is when they report, if a woman comes to report her husband that he's doing some things, you get my point? Some okuko things, you get what I'm saying? Chasing other women, concubining. So my wife like, ah, what do you do? You rebuke them, you dickens, you, you, you sanction them. <laughs> you do righteousness, you know, the zeal of God. Put them on suspension. Let me add other words. Those who are uh, publicly rebuke. Ah, the woman say, ah, easy, easy. They are the pillars of the church. And how they look like, this is not a pillar. It don't rot. Too. <laughs> These your pillars are rotten, man. These are rotten pillars. This whole church is coming down. That's why we gather in church. And the, that, that, the Holy Spirit told that woman. That's why they gather and you don't see it outside. They don't gather with a whole heart. They don't. If you see the kind of things we do, sometimes I look at God and say, please, can we just reduce the temperature of this, your patience more? Because when you are patient this long, even the scripture says it. Eh? When, the, when there are judgments are upon the earth, that's when the inhabitants learn righteousness. Even though you show mercy to the wicked, they don't learn anything. You almost want to quote that scripture from Isaiah for him. The nominations gather just to enslave people. Just enslavement. Haba. So the Lord said to that woman, listen, those people, don't worry about that. You know, there's something I said when I was in, uh, where was I preaching? I think it was in Sokoto. Now, why do you hear, why, anytime you hear, hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. You know what it means? What it means is that if they didn't say so, they will worship 15 gods. All the plagues in Egypt, I told you earlier, were designed to judge the gods of Egypt so that Israel will know they are not gods. That show was not for the Egyptians. That show was for the Israelites. Because for years they had learned, see, they had, they had learned the idolatry of Egypt. Oh, they had learned it. They were worshipping Ra. Worshipping the sun god, the moon god, god of harvest, god of this, god that shaped like a locust so that the harvest will come. They were worshipping everything. So God sent Moses, let my people go. You know, the Bible, you have to learn to read it and pray for inspiration. Answers are talked all over the place. There are things that happened in Genesis, the answer is in Revelation. Other story in Exodus, you won't understand until you go and read um, Ezekiel chapter 20. One of the things that Moses kept on telling them, put the false gods out. Moses didn't just show up. Let my people go. No. (laughs) 
We almost wanted to use that giddy like in Nigeria today. I've heard all kinds of knowledge. Listen, Nigerians better believe the gospel. Can be doing political analysis, but read analysis. Let's tell us the truth. There's no human being in the horizon, whether it's a, a Jagaban Tinubu, according to the guy, that guy who was calling that day, whether it's Tinubu or, or Atiku or the new star boy, Peter Obi, you know. Sometimes we shout Peter. I said, look, don't make it look like I don't like him, but I said eight years ago, was this not how people were shouting? Buari, buari, buari. Was that not the same thing? Is that, is that, is that any deep? I told my classmates that today. I said, this reminds me of eight years ago. Eight years ago, it was the same story we were hearing. You know the funny thing? Before Yemi Shibayo decided to run, they said he won't run against him. Ah, what is wrong with him? Is this a battle? What we need is people like him. The moment he declared, insult, betrayer, he, he competing against. I said, hey, from Hosanna to crucify him. What's wrong with you people? They are making noise now. Hey, Peter's what? I said, listen, eight years ago, this is what people said. And I can assure you, guarantee you of one thing. Any man you put hope in and he comes in, he will fail. It's the decree of the Almighty. What am I saying? Because the real thing people need is not, right now, it's not one leader. It's revival amongst the people. Sometimes, eh, people, eh, let's pray that we don't get to that point. Sometimes God, and which was what he did with Israel, he leaves you hmm, until you are, exactly, you are exhausted. You can't go out. He will bring headsmen to the every junction. Hunger, we, at, at, finally, they will come and meet you. Help, oh Lord, the king. The king said, from where will I help you? When this attack that happened, you know what happened last week? Of course, I was, um, look, listen. It's a church I know. We used to go there as a child. No, I was baptized as a little boy in that church. Oh, not a joke. You thought I was joking? No. My baptismal card is there. Where they blew up contains my baptismal card, even though I don't use it for anything, but it's there. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Oh, oh, you thought I was kidding. That weekend I was in Sokoto. My mother was praying for my safety in Sokoto. They were bombing her church, you know, thinking that she was safe, everything was safe. Where they thought there was safety. He said, when they say peace, peace, sudden destruction now comes upon them. I said, do you know one of the things this thing has done? Even those who did it, let's just talk in natural happiness. I said, you shouldn't have done that. Why? Because now everybody has now woken up again. Because the, the, people are getting, like initially, uh, pray for them in the north, send money in the north. Now, now, that is the first such attack in the south. The closest will be some before that will be somewhere in the middle belt. But that kind of attack, that you no know, real terrorism. There has been banditry, you know, for the but real terrorism, just frank terrorism. That was the first in the south. The closest to that was those Madala bombings in, in Abuja. Before nothing down, then this one happened. Eh? Every man don't wake up. Now listen, if you wake up and face Buari, next one is going to happen in Osho. God forbid, you can't come near Nugu, we bind it. <laughs> I'm telling you, know, I'm telling you. Because what God does is that He will leave you until you now say, God, Abe, Biko, save us. Say so what about boy? Say boy, can't even save himself. Let's wait for Atiku or or Jagaban or Petobi now. Say Lord, now so we wait eight years ago. See where we are today. Say Lord, we are not waiting for them. We are not waiting for them. No. Then he will save. When Moses came and began to speak to Israel in Egypt, his, it was not just to Pharaoh. The the story of what happened is in Ezekiel twenty. He came to them. Deep, now listen to this. 
different prophets came. It was not just Moses. Their stories are just not in the Bible. That's just the way God's character is. Different prophets came to them. That's how pro- Go and check it. Jeremiah and Ezekiel were contemporaries. Ezekiel was there in the land of captivity, prophesying at the same time. That's how God does. He sends prophets here and there. Prophets must have gone to Israel, remove the foreign gods out of your home. They didn't hear. A few people heard. A critical mass heard. So that when Moses came, it was because a critical mass had spoken and they were willing to follow. God said, now, Moses, go and deliver them. The first plague came. It affected the Israelites. Second plague affected the Israelites. Third one, ah! They said, what is going on? Then the prophets there, speaking with Moses, said, it is the foreign gods in your homes. Then they removed the gods. Fourth plague didn't get to their homes. Fourth plague didn't get to their homes. What am I saying? God began to judge those idols. Knock off the idols. They said, there's a God that guarantees locusts will not come. They said, when the, which is the day of the sacrifice? They tell God, Moses will say, the day after that sacrifice, that God will tell Moses, the day of that sacrifice, release locusts. <laughs> the Israelites will be watching. As Egyptians are sacrificing, <clears throat> next day, locusts will fill the land. Moses will look at them. Which other God remaining? Say the one that controls the weather. Say, when is the sacrifice? They tell him, say, well, okay, the day of the week when they remember him. The following day, rain will start, hail will start falling, destroying everything. Moses will look. By the time God has finished judging all the gods of Israel, of Egypt, now to the people of God, yeah, let's go. What am I going to say? See, until we are tired and late, we leave all these gods alone. <laughs> this country, not going anywhere. And it's the church is dealing with them. It's the church that the Lord is dealing with. Let's tell ourselves the truth. We are double-minded. We worship all kinds of things. Every part of our lives that we are not using to seek the true God, that's what I'm making. We are using to seek a false one. And he will judge that false God. Listen to the word of the Lord. See, all the troubles in Nigeria, hmm? they are judgments on false gods. All of them. And listen, the church has lied to the nation. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I will start speaking about these things. The church has lied to this country. Especially to the southern Christian. Average southern, like one of my classmates we say, is ignorant and arrogant. Especially he was talking about politics. And the person talking about a Christian. So the southerners are ignorant. They are arrogant about politics. And they are not helped by the church leaders. One day in Enugu here, many years ago. So this is the this, Please, if you are from eastern Nigeria, just listen to me very well. Don't be angry with me. If you are angry with me, God will punish you. So just leave that. That better smile at what I'm about to say. <laughs> No, we have to preach the gospel. All these days of being nice, no one offends people. Me, I don't leave that thing behind. When I saw prophets swear for people the other time, I said, no, my own is more gentle. <laughs> you know, a few years ago, I was in Enugu here. One of my friends, I saw a post all over town. One prophet was coming from Abuja to speak on the Eastern Nigeria prophetic mandate. And being an Enugu man, I went there. When he finished talking, I felt like telling you, you are very You don't know God. You don't know his word. You err, not understand the scriptures, not the power of God. Anybody preaching tribal agenda to you is an antichrist. National Stadium here, indoor sports hall, the guy gathered everybody. You were there? Oh, you came there that time? I didn't know you that time now. 
So years ago, you, you're still a student. No, 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 no. No, that, that was not another edition. This is what I'm talking about is older than that. Yes. Maybe the same person. Oh. Oh, he does it. Okay. Are you sure the same person? Okay, I don't know the guy. I don't know the guy. It's the only time I this was long ago. I heard him speak once. I said, this guy is confused. He's going to lead the region astray. I said, he's going to read. Let me tell you, the answer to every problem in this world is Christ. If you don't preach him, you are lying against him. You are speaking for the Antichrist. I went there that day. This was years ago. What I'm telling you, I, I mean, no. The one I'm telling, telling you is not less than 16 years ago. Hmm? Okay, you went down one, two. Good. I sat down there. There was one of my friends, Tony. When he finished, Tony said, what do you think, Banky? I said, I don't think the guy knows what he's saying. I just said, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Because, you know, he sat down. He just broke the country down to regions and tribes. As I tell you, the problem of the Igbo man. He's an Igbo man, an Igbo prophet. So he was, and I, was alive. I was looking for Christ in what he was saying. I didn't find Christ. He said the problem of the Igbo man is that the Igbo man thinks he's strong. That if you see every Yoruba man, Yoruba man has one Babalawa he goes to. The Hausa man has one Imam Wafa that he ministers to. There is a Igbo man that thinks he's strong. I was looking at the guy. They don't have prophets. Basically, it was in every Igbo man to find a prophet. And this guy say, you're not all right, too. I thought you were coming to gather us and tell us about the destiny. Because every race has a destiny in Christ. There's something God created every group of people for. Which they will never find until they enter into Christ. So I thought he was coming to present that Christ in a manner that will shout. The guy got there was preaching politics. How the evil man will not be president of the lens how to serve his prophets. No, this guy like this. You can't even talk on basic things like, look, honor the Lord, you know, things that have to do with honoring God, having respect for elders and stuff like that. You're talking about prophets? And he didn't preach Christ at all. One day I went to my friend's house. That day I told him, he said, minister in this time. My wife just said, I've been a long time you saw your friend. I said, let's go and visit. December time. So he said, I went to our counter in the house. I didn't know what the Holy Spirit leading me that day. He said, go and warn that my son before I start dealing with him. I didn't know. I didn't hear any voice from heaven. My wife just said, it's been a while. I said, it's true. Let's go and visit. We got to his house and he began to talk. Jesus Christ. I said to him, I said, sir. I said, no wonder I had to come here today. I said, let me tell you straight. You have become a Biafran prophet and God is not happy about it. I told him like that. I said, what you are preaching is not the agenda of God. Where did I get the word Biafran prophet from? Because when I was in Lagos, one day my pastor came to church and apologized to everybody that he did not know he had become a Nadeko prophet. For those who don't know, this Bolatinubu, all right, who are talking about now, these are the Nadeko people. Now, I don't want to praise anybody or, you know, you know, but let me understand something. Some of the talk he's talking and people are angry with him about. If you know the history, you'll forgive him. This guy fought Abacha. You hear that St. Roger and They looked for him. He ran. He dressed as a woman, rode on a motorbike to cross the border in Nigeria to a neighboring African country for the safety of his life. He had nothing on him. Then one day he went out to go and make a phone call or something. And he came back. He saw two men at the reception. They were talking to the receptionist. So as he approached, the definitely looked up at him and just looked at him and, you know, turned his eye in a funny way. He knew it was his signal. He never returned to that hotel. Those men came from Nigeria. They were looking for him. They were talking to the resident of the hotel. The guy just looked at him. He was, God just did this. He left at that moment. You know, he never entered there. He disappeared from that point until his friend sent him money from abroad to manage to escape to somewhere in Europe. 
So when he saw him talking, please forgive the man. They for- ah, hey. These guys have been in the trenches for a long time. They've been fighting forever, not today. The days of Nad- Nad- I, I was reading somebody reading that, you know, Abacha's, uh, the death of Abacha, the anniversary was like yesterday or two days ago, recently. Somebody was not chronicling some things. Some of them were not right, but he was talking about people. Alfred Rewani, who was financing Nad- Nadeko, was shot in the sitting room in GRE Lagos. If I was joking with somebody, I said, this is my always oh, coming down on the, you know, because then the headquarters of Nadeko was over because of Adekule Ajashi. Oh, those, those guys fought for democracy. Eh? And because Western Nigeria controls most of the press, it was an issue every time. Net. So my pastor confessed that he had read the paper so much he had become a Nadeko prophet. The influence was great. Walesho Yenkas had birthday that time, or one of his birthdays. He said he cannot celebrate why the military is ruling. In fact, I, I, I felt they would fire Frank Kulise. Because the interview with what do you? he said, look, as far as he's concerned, he has not achieved anything until he brings an end to military rule in Nigeria. And NTA carried the interview. I said, hey, Frank Kulise, what is, what is up with you? Now, that was what was going on. We'll come to church, and my pastor will preach. And I'll put my head down and say, oh, God, what's going on here? Let's preach this Jesus Christ, too. One day, I actually went to him. I said, sir, I want to talk to you. So he gave me an appointment. The day of the appointment, my heart caught. Liver failed me. I didn't go. But I'm happy I didn't go. I don't know whether he would have received what I wanted to say then. Because all I wanted to tell him was, is that, sir, we didn't come to church to be hearing politics. We're hearing things like a nation is different groups of people that Nigeria should separate into different... What did I hear? Then one day he came to church, apologized to everybody, and said he did not realize he had become a Nadeko prophet. And he said that for that reason, he's not reading newspapers again for some time that they were influencing him too much. Actually, <laughs> one day I came to church for prayer. Pastor was outside reading paper. <laughs> I'm not joking. So that was the reason why that day, when my friend, and now, now that was Western Nigeria. So those, these sentiments, they are everywhere. I stumbled into a video, I will send you that video. One man was talking. They have one Yoruba kind of a TV, you know, on, like now. Everybody, you can, on, yeah, what do you call it? Facebook, you can have your own TV channel. So they call it something TV, your own channel. Something TV. I don't know how I stumbled. The guy was speaking, ah, Yoruba, very fluent. Because, okay, what's that? I was looking for something about Pielton. So you know the way they would link from one thing to link to another. So the person was not talking about Pielton. And then, Babalola, how those men meant what they said. And this message was all for Yoruba people. <laughs> I'll listen to the Yoruba message worldwide. I said, you guys are confused. He pray one, when he finished the prayer, then he go, John and Tom Odua. I said, which one, John Odua, in this matter? Ha, I was looking for people to elevate Christ. All they were talking about, the Majem Odua. Majem is covenant. The covenant that God made with the Yoruba people by his, the mouth of his servant, Baba Allah. I said, Christ did no such thing. Oh, it's everywhere. You think it's only here? It's everywhere. They have used the name of Jesus. The guy says on the mountain. He showed us the mountain where Baba Allah used to kneel down to pray. I said, eh? So that every Yoruba man should hear the message. I say, Baba Allah did not preach Yoruba man. He preached Christ. And the guy mouth sweeter. All these sectarian prophets, their mouths are so. Ha, if only they will preach Jesus like this. If only they will preach Jesus like this. Listen, the solution to every regional problem in Nigeria. Let me tell you, he will push us to that place. So we better learn it now. Otherwise, he will push us and choke us until we say, 
only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. I was saying, so all the problems you see in this country, eh? he's judging other gods. Yes, that's what he's doing. I was saying that. People will now be looking for other solutions apart from iniquity in the hearts of people. Let me tell you what will solve Nigerian problem. Church of God, listen to how you are going to pray. You will pray for revival in this church. You know the reason why? Because the light of the body is the eyes. If your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is not focused, it will be full of what? Darkness. It now said, if the light that is in you is now darkness, you say, how great is that darkness? Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. So the light of this nation is a church in it. So when that church is emitting nonsense, Nigeria is doomed. When pastors will get up and be preaching from their anger. Listen, eh? <laughs> the solution to the Nigerian problem is not when pastors become presidents. It's not. It's revival in the land. In fact, you know, some people have said that, hey, we don't want any of these two people. I say it's good. As you don't want them, I'm very happy. Why am I happy? So if God blesses us through any one of them, then you'll give him the glory. I don't know whether you're getting my point. No, personally, when people say that, this, I say good, is good. Because I still remember eight years ago, anti-corruption, this man, they, they praise our current head of state like crazy. The same people that praised him now, they are looking for how to kill him. I said, good, that's what happens when you put your hope in a human being. I keep on referring to it as a matter of fact. When the passenger came in 99, people did not believe in him. In fact, you know, there I was still in the West before I came down to the East here. The gist was that they did not wanted to impose him on, you know those kind of, hey, by the way, can I quickly say something? Stop talking nonsense. What did I say? Stop talking nonsense. You know, the average Nigerian worships Northern Nigeria. They don't realize it. I told my classmates, I said, we should build a shrine for this North. Because everything that happens, that's how the North wants it. Tinubu won the APC primary. Say, ah, it is their plan. I said, at the end of the day, ah, what did I know here? If he had lost it, what would they have said? That is their plan. He won it now. They say it is a plan they have so that, if you see the calculation, I told one of my classmates, lives abroad. I said, your problem is inferiority complex. Yeah, conquer. He said, I can insult him all I want. I said, I don't mean any insult. But it's what they are here every day. Inferiority complex, conquered mentality. I said, please, this Nigeria is made up of human beings. There are bad people everywhere. There are good people everywhere, including those who are selling popcorn. They are everywhere. I'm selling ice cream. Those who know, they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that man who was saying somebody should sell popcorn, he wasn't joking. He's an, ad, he's an ardent supporter of the man he's supporting. Let me just leave it there. And he's from Core North. And he's swearing by one man from Core South. I realize that those guys are more righteous than the average Nigerian. That is these politicians. I'm sorry to say it. Do you know they are more righteous than the average Nigerian? If God wants to rank people in their right thoughts, you know, whether their thoughts are right or wrong, I meditated about it about two days ago. I said the average politician, those big left politicians, are more righteous in the eyes of God than the average man on the street. And it's the reason why they are ruling. Yes. God has seen them better now. He said, look, go and check the scriptures. God will say, look, I've removed the kingdom and given to somebody better than you. Remove Saul, gave to David. It's better than you. When Belshazzar was making noise, removed and gave it to Darius. Better than him. You've been found wanting. The average man on the street is inferior to this politician you're talking about. They don't have your, the average person's oppressed mindset. They know how to do their deals. Please, all this North worship should end. When I say North worship, I don't mean anger. It's more like something happens. Hey, that's how the North wants it. They didn't tell you, but you are so oppressed in your mind. There's anything that happens. You say, 
Can't you see that Coco has left? He want to do this one. He, he <laughs> one day I was in my friend's house. They were doing Miss World on TV. There was this Nigerian, there was this black girl that was there. And she got to the finals. Somebody said, hey, she's a black girl. They will never win. They will never let her win. The black girl, they will They will come back next day and I'm going to the regular one. So I look at the person and say, when did she turn white overnight? <laughs> I said, look at your oppressed mindset. This, I'm not saying you should go for Miss World, but you get my point. They are doing their Miss World. We just watched on TV. They on TV. They say, okay, you know, last eight. And we saw our Nigerian sister there. I said, oh, she came this far. That's very good. That's very good. They say, she can never win. I said, why not? She's a black person. This they will never let a black person. Well, we didn't stay up to work. They was running into the night. We went to work. Next morning, we woke up. Miss Walt, Agbarin Direct. So I looked at my friend. It was my friend's wife. I said, my sister, did she turn white overnight? She kept quiet and she was smiling. I said, you see? If, when God wants to bless us, something will go reject the blessing. That's just the word I want to drop. I see it every time. The worship and the fear of the north by the average person in the south, which is unnecessary. It's very unnecessary. It's, these are the things that divide. That, because you have to understand, spiritual divide is important too. I told you before, the Lord says something. If you want me to divide your country, I will. Then get ready to live with the consequences. And that's why I said, no, I will never join anybody to open my mouth and say, divide which country. Like, like God forbid. The Holy Spirit says, if you want me to divide, I hear enough of you say it consistently, and the critical will join to say it. I will divide it. However, you will not be able to discuss with me the consequences. You will live through the consequences to the full, whatever that might be. So that's why I have made up my mind to pray to the Lord to shut the mouth of every critical person that will continue to say that. Because they are, they are, look, there are non-entities all over town. Yeah, they can say anything. God doesn't care. But there are critical people that God is checking what they are saying. So I need to pray to God that, Lord, please shut the mouth of such critical people. Say, what are you talking about? Why do you think an angel had to shut the mouth of Zachariah? I will tell you the reason. So that Elizabeth wouldn't miscarry. Anybody could talk nonsense. But Zachariah could abort that pregnancy. So the angel said, ah, Baba, no spoiler mo. No spoiler mo. The guy no one here goes out for mouth. Many of us think he rendered him dumb below. No, he rendered him deaf. You know he was deaf? He was deaf also. He said, how do I know? It's in the Bible. When they wanted to name him, they had to give you sign. If he was hearing, wouldn't they just talk to him? The guy was, they said, you won't know what's going on. He couldn't even ask Elizabeth, why are your stomach swelling? <laughs> the, the first few months, Elizabeth couldn't tell him anything. She was even hiding anyway. Hmm. You know what I want to say, say to you? You wouldn't believe. He wasn't seen properly too. <laughs> ah, when God handles you, eh? oh, many of us just see. <laughs> read your Bible well. The guy, we know it was clear, was dumb. To name it, they made signs. That's when I said, wait, wait, signs. Oh, that means he wasn't hearing too. Now I'm telling you today, he also was not seen properly. He was seeing men as trees. So when Elizabeth passed, you know, goodness in Mama Gebele. Because when he starts, if he has seen that pregnancy, he will have used his horrible mind to finish it. So the angel just don't have it. <laughs> The guy couldn't hear, he couldn't talk, he could hardly see. When they finished giving birth to him, I can't declare. He heard, the first thing he probably heard was, uh, no, when, no, 
Yeah, that day, after the, they don't burn the picking, the baby don't stabilize, don't suck for like three, four days. Say, so go die. And I said, no, go die again. He said, good. Open his ears. And say, his name shall be John. What I'm going to say, that's why sometimes we have to pray for God to shut the mouth. There are people in this country that have fallen sick. You know why they are sick? God wants to keep them preoccupied with medical treatment. They won't have time to be thinking about Nigeria. They've gone to India. This is APC primary. They are not at home. When they come back from India, they will send them one long bed rest. The doctor will specifically say, please don't give him a phone. Don't give him television. And he's a man of God. Though. There are men of God that they are good. Some of them you won't see for some time. In India, they go for treatment. Some of them have plenty of money. They are going to be in America. Why? God said, if I let them continue to talk, if they go to church, they will invoke so much wrath so as to save their lives and save the lives of their congregation. I will send them on just a small sickness. It's not too much. But you know, there are different sicknesses. There are some that God will give you. The doctor will be chasing you for like two years, trying to know what's wrong with you. That's the kind of one that God gives a lot of people. Say, so just go and be looking for treatment. I just don't know what's going on. But at least you are busy. Your mind is not on national issues. Before you use your toxic spirit to ruin what God is doing in the nation. What we need in Nigeria is revival inside the church. All these lying, people are lying. In the name of the Lord is the problem we have. Any church where they will not preach against iniquity, God will close them down. Any church where they will not preach against sin, God will close them down. Any church that will not preach against corruption, God will close them down. Any church that will tolerate corrupt money, God will close them down. If people start, you know churches do money laundering. When I found out, I was surprised. It was your wife that told me something one day. He said, he said, Pastor, you don't know what is going on because you are not stealing. He said, if you go to work, you are stealing. You know, when they were doing BVN, well, so she told me that thing. So, you know, BVN. I, mean, I didn't think there was any problem with BVN. They said, BVN, go and get your bank number, BVN. Okay, no problem. I collected BVN, about two or three banks where I have business, I went there. So, 50 cover of my money did not disappear because of BVN. And I heard that some people, in one bank, their name is Danladi Bako. They are 65 years old. And that bank, they are Abdul Mustafa Ahmed. They are 50 years old. In one bank, they are Bangole Udumegu. They are 36 years old. One person. But they did not know now, so they went and did BVN in one bank with one man. They went to the next one to do BVN. They said, this finger has been BVN somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> he said, are you not the one that's uh, downloaded you but going to the other place? Meanwhile, the other accounts have like 30 million, 50 million, 150 million. Ah, hey, Joe. It can't be like that, Biko. I beg, how will we solve this? I beg, I don't want to lose my job. Go and swear that you are the same person. How can I swear? You say, okay, that's not your problem. At least the age is the same. You say, no, I'm 59 years. <laughs> Only. <laughs> I said, you know, so one day our account in the bank was suspended. Ah, now I go to the bank. Say, now I call the banking officer. What did happen? It has been restricted from. I thought it was a mistake. He said, ah, no, sir. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. Ah, he said, oh, guys, not a mistake. Oh. What did happen? He said, we don't have school I said, which one be school Make a long story short that the minister is supposed to go and register with EFCC and this and that. I said, 
What is our own now? Now, now, often we they collect now, and you can see we're using the money to pay radio station. He <laughs> Now you, that in Nigeria, that's when I found out they are using money, church to do money laundry. I said, what? Just come to church, just donate hundred million. It's not supposed to be a good thing. No, pastor knows now. Out of that hundred million, church can retain five or ten. The other one, the church will start doing projects, doing charity, doing just be transferring the money to the different companies run by the other guys. And the money is now clean. The sins have been washed away. We found the blood that washes away sin from money. That was what EFCC found. And said, they now say all of us should go and register with EFC that we are not laundering money. I say, oh, I don't launder money. Anybody that gives us money to launder, we'll go and collect from radio station. <laughs> most of our money, no, most of our money, I think nothing less than 85% of the money we get goes to radio stations. <laughs> Brethren, there are 25 of them. Is it 24 or 25? 25, 25. Well, if you want to do money laundry through us, just go, as I go and start radio stations, we will patronize you. <laughs> I found that the church is now doing money laundry with, you know, for politicians. Now, hear the word of the Lord. Every such denomination is shutting down. Yeah. Any church in Nigeria that politicians are using to claim stolen money, in the name of Jesus, we shut you down. Yes, that's the spirit of God speaking. You, no, no, no. These people of God will be scattered to other places. The Lord will take care of himself. No, he will. He will. He will. The scandal. He doesn't worry about the scandal anymore. He doesn't worry about it. But listen to the word of God. Every church that is being used to launder money will shut down. Amen. Listen, I will echo the, prof, the prophecy of that prophet. If you are a false prophet and you decide... You're a false preacher. You decide to come and start a church for whatever be the thing you want to gain from it. This is what the prophet said. Your body will become your enemy. Amen. Mm. I'm telling you the truth, though. Not joking about it. Let's, stop. Let's not mess with Jesus Christ. We have suffered enough as a nation because the light that's supposed to be in her has become dark. The light that's supposed to be in her has become dark. And God has to shine that light again. The church in Nigeria will shine bright again. Listen to me. The corruption in the nation doesn't bother the Lord. That's small. They, because they, they are in darkness. But they said the church is supposed to be a light. So anyone, oh my father God, you have to understand the wrath and the anger of God. Right now is burning against anyone that makes himself, makes herself. You know what he said about Jezebel? He said, tell that woman who calls herself a prophetess. And by her teaching, Makes my servant commit iniquity, sexual immorality. He said, I will cast her on the bed of affliction. I will strike her children dead. Those who say Jesus only does uh, good things, nice, nice things. They don't read the scriptures. So everyone will know that I'm the one that, how did he say it again? Everyone will know that I'm the one that tries, so let me just quickly read it. Revelation chapter 3. And listen to me, people of God, we have to stop tolerating nonsense. What did I say? Yes, we have to stop tolerating nonsense. Because all these problems, that's why you have to pray the way I'm praying. There are people listening to me that if you don't join this prayer, God will say you are tolerating rubbish. And it will add you to the judgment. There are pastors I know these days, if I see them on the road, I will not greet them. I say, okay, now so anointing is take flow. Anointing for judgment. I say, you go and tell me, I say, ah, Pastor Banke, <laughs> COVID restriction. 
Leave that in. <laughs> it's chapter 2, sorry. Ephesians <laughs> chapter 2. He said, I have this against you, verse 20. That's to the church in Thyatira. That you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bond servants astray, so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent. And church, God has given us time to repent. He said, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. He said, behold, I will cast her upon a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of her deeds. I will kill her children with pestilence. And all the churches will know that I am the one who searches the minds and hearts. And I will give each of you according to your deeds. Listen to me, people of God. The Lord is going to arise and cleanse his church. Amen. And that's what I'm saying. There are things we are doing right now that's provoking the judgment of God. I'm just mentioning a number of them. Anyone that because of gain will refuse to preach against sin. That church is coming under the judgment of Christ. Amen. Any congregation, assembly, whatever they call themselves, once they mention the name of Jesus, they are tolerate no money laundering through their channels. That will anoint a man, a deacon. Make a man, a woman, pastor, whatever it is, because of money they bring, even though they suspect strongly that the money is not clean. Yet they close their eyes to the iniquity. Hear the word of the Lord. The judgment of Jezebel is your portion. Amen. Sometimes pastors go, they behave like they are mad. You see the kind of, you know, you know madness is in the Bible like that. The madness of the prophet. That's what the Bible calls the madness of the prophet. It's usually tied to money. When prophets begin prophesy like idiots, just check where the money is flowing from. It's a normal thing. One day our sister who you all know told me a story. A woman was doing prayer meeting in her house. So she went, she was invited, she went. And one prophet began to prophesy. <laughs> she has a prophetic anointing. Was blessing the woman, blessing the woman. The other, ah, ah. Suddenly she couldn't take anymore. She just shouted that no, no, that the Lord said judgment is coming. This way she just, she just shouted in the midst of the prayer. The prophet stopped. Like, who is that? She screamed that no, that I see judgment coming. I see judgment coming. The prophet told them to throw her out. But the rich woman said, no, she's my friend. Did they calm the thing down? said, no, this one, this man is saying, is not what I, I can see. What I see is judgment is coming. So, of, I went, is God, you know, I was reading Zephaniah the other day, studying Zephaniah, and I realized that God never, anytime you say God, judge, he hardly wants it. So his first pronunciation of judgment is a warning. Even if he doesn't tell you, just know it's a warning. He doesn't want to bring it. So of that woman to come and kneel down and say, please, woman of God. What's the Lord say? Parried it, covered it. That was the last way she lived. The, prof- no, the woman who called the prophet. It was the last week she lived. That following week, her son came home to ask her. When they got into an argument, the boy beat the woman to death. Brought her the knife and killed his own mother. Dumped the, ro- the, the cops somewhere off the road and drove back to campus to go and party with, his, with her car. And call the boy any name you like. The Lord sent a word by a prophet that judgment is coming. And that prophet that was hired 
You think he, he escaped his own judgment? Just I didn't hear anything about him. Go and read your Bible against about prophets who instigate rebellion against the Lord. See, God doesn't. Go and read your Bible. Paul was preaching, and that man, the bad Jesus, he got up to speak. When Paul opened his mouth, <laughs> you son of the devil, you enemy of all good things. God doesn't, if you don't want to obey the truth, just stay on your own. But if you find somebody who wants to obey the truth, and you now make yourself an enemy of such a man, so that the person cannot obey the truth, you know what you are looking for? It's called judgment. Divine judgment. That's what you are looking for. Such a prophet, I wonder what happened to that fellow. Because God will say, maybe that woman would have repented. But for your sake, she did not repent. For your sake, for your sake, God will carry judgment, add joy. I was saying that madness of the prophet. Prophets have gone mad in this our country. And if you are listening to this, hear it. God's judgment is coming against your madness. Listen, don't joke. You see, I said, <laughs> my sister said she was going for a meeting one day. She, went, she was organizing a program, wanted to invite people to come. And she's about to enter her office. An office, went to invite one big woman, very rich woman, enter the office. As she was about to enter, she just heard, she just heard the voice, this type that she almost turned around like, who's there? She said, beware of the leprosy of Naaman. So she looked like, who's there? Nobody. She was alone. Okay, so she, she got a message from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And entered the person's office. Ah, the woman talked, 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 go there. Finally brought out cash, put it on the table. Said, I will not be able to come. But please take this money, use for the program. Before she came in, what did she hear? Beware of the leprosy of Naaman. Which she understood. You know the story of Gehazi. So I told the woman, said, please, it's your presence I want. Because I wanted to minister the gospel to the person. He said, he said, no, ma. Thank you very much. Refused the money. I went back home. I went to her pastor. And that's why I'm telling the story. I went to her pastor and discussed the matter. The pastor said, how much? Maybe like 500K or a few hundreds of thousands. I can't remember the exact amount. Something between 200 and 500,000. He passed it and you left the money. And he's looking like, didn't you hear what I said? The Lord said to me. You know what the pastor said? He said, look, you could have given me the leprosy. Please, you could have brought the money. I would have to. Yes, yes. He said, you give us the leprosy. Which one are you talking about? They brought money. You are discussing leprosy here. No respect for the word of God. No fear of God. Oh. Any, listen, let me tell you, this is, I'm, not, I'm not angry with you. Any pastor, prophet, preacher that removes the fear of God from the people of God, God's judgment is coming against you. Amen. Because people don't fear God. That kind of thing, even if you are not sure, should be you all leave it. Say, bro, nobody leprosy us off. Nobody down with gas collect. The one that God said will not depart from him or his descendants, not they take bad thing play. That is, we won't play with it, just leave it. Leave it first. Leave it first. It's not too much leprosy. It's even if Natinia, Tinia, Capitis, we know they take. Ordinary ringworm self, no. Once it's that of Naman, that's how my whole generation be having ringworm, 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 no cure. I say, I don't want that kind of thing. A pastor opened the mouth and said, I bet you love all the money. How do we love money so? You know, I've been saying it from this whole platform. That God is judging false gods. And anyone that will not depart from attachment to them will go down with them. Hear ye the word of the Lord. His judgment is rising against mammon. 
Mammon in the church will be dethroned. Listen. Thus says the Lord, any church that promotes anybody because of money, I will scatter you. I will scatter you. I will scatter your headquarters. I will scatter your branches. I will erase your name from this nation. Nobody will remember you ever existed. All you did was promote people because of money. Listen. I am talking about promoting. You have not stolen. You've just promoted people because of one, they gave offerings, or the pastor has greater returns. The Lord will uproot that denomination out of this nation. Listen, it doesn't matter how big they are, they will come down. You know why? Mammon must be dethroned. In this nation, in the church, Mammon is going down. It has to go down. It has to go down. Mammon is going down. It's going down. It's going down. You know what God said? (laughs) He was speaking to us here. He said, look, your your brides have become, he said, your daughters are adulteresses. Your brides have become adulteresses. Sorry, your daughters-in-law, yes. He said, but I will not punish them when they commit adultery. He said, why? The men themselves, they are going after harlots. Spiritually, they have become, you know, adulterers. Under every tree, they are worshipping false gods. Therefore, fathers are corrupted. Children are corrupted. That's why God has not been angry with Nigerian politicians, no matter how much individually we have been. God said, no, I cannot be angry with the politicians. The bishops are stealing. I can't be. How can I be angry with the politician when the bishops are thieves? He said, no. So you are surprised I preserve the politicians? I don't do anything to them. Are you angry? Because they steal money. These people steal truth. They corrupt truth. Politicians steal only money. But in the process of stealing money, my ministers corrupt the truth. I cannot bless the nation except I find repentance in the church which I will have to initiate through judgment against the priests. Yeah. That's the word of God. Can we angry with politicians, with bandits? I'll say they are the least of your problems. So the day I want to stop all of this, I break the weapons of war. In one day, they will amass 10,000 AK-47s in a heap. They will ship them off to Lagos, to, to what do you call them? Those iron... They, yes, they will smelt all of them Turn them, use them to make all kinds of things. And you will know that I'm God that day. I'm the God that makes wars cease. You know, I can almost see it in my heart. The day God does enough, people will queue up and they'll be heaping guns. They'll be coming out of bushes, dropping weapons, coming out of bushes, dropping weapons. You will count. The day you see the weapons, you become afraid in areas. You know, afraid in areas. You mean this amount of weapons? Were in non-state actors' hands in this nation, and I was able to sleep. I'm giving you the word of God this evening. Yes, that's what I'm giving you. But that's what it says. That's what God does. That's why when we pray, I read Psalm 46. It's something I read a lot, Psalm 46. If you read in verse 8, it says, Come behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations on the earth. That is all the troubles you see. It was God bringing desolations on the earth. But then when he's done, verse 9 comes up. 
He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the AK-47 and cuts the RPGs in two. He burns the tanks and all the motorized you know, weapons, burns them with fire. He says, cease striving. Cease, he says, and know that I am God. That is, repent, you will see me do these things. People have said, what we need in Nigeria now? He said, this kind of leader. If you get that leader now, we are in for another four years of frustration. Yes. In fact, let me be honest with you. The very people that we say we don't want, I now want them. Why do I want them? So that people will remove their hope. Like one man said, who was it that said it? One of these famous, I can't remember, I've forgotten which one. He said if Bola Tinubu or Atiku wins APC and the PDP primaries, that is going to leave Nigeria and go to Ghana. I wanted to buy him a ticket and send to him. Say, bro, start moving. They have won it. <laughs> I mean, the way things go naturally, if we are supposed to observe it like that, one of those people will take over office. Then, bro, you can go and live in Ghana. I want you to live in Ghana. I don't even want you in Lagos. All those shrine things you carry around is polluting Lagos. It isn't a joke. You want to sit there, you go put skull on the table. Old man, you don't even know why you should live idolatry alone. But you know, my reason, I just want people to stop having hope in human beings. I saw some videos, they were shouting, This is who we need. I laugh. I said, Eight years ago, these videos, I also saw them. At the end of four years, at the end of eight years, the same people who showed those videos are now frustrated. Do it again. Further frustration is in front. But God says, cease. Stop. Look back. Relax. Repent and know that I am God. One day your eyes will see it. You know these weapons I'm talking about? No, Nigeria means not going to kill everybody in the bush. They're not going to kill everybody carrying weapons. One day God will do like this. And those boys will go. There are different ways. There are different ways God does it. There are people who just wake up in the morning. They just tire. There are times God will just starve. You know the starvation. An angel will go and starve them in the bush. After one week, not even mangoes, angels will pluck it and kill it. After one week of being in the bush, someone will say they are doing amnesty. <laughs> just to eat. Let's go for amnesty. Now, by the time they finish heaping the guns, you see people showing up from bush everywhere. You see 10,000 guns heaped up. When you see, they know that indeed the Lord has visited this nation. Yes. You will see something like that. You will. Oh, oh, you are going to see something like that. You will. You will. That's why we read from Psalm 46. He said he makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. One day just going to look and say, enough! He will say, enough! And that's it. Wars will cease. Weapons of war will be crushed. But the condition is what I'm preaching. There has to be revival in the church. I say it again. All the people bringing darkness to the church. God will shut them down. See, all those false prophets that are just there playing, using us to play. You are annoying me. We prophesied your senior brother out of Lagos. The way that guy died, I know not say, I got your killer. Say, Banky, okay, 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 it's enough. Let me kill somebody. And Pastor Chris Okote came up after and warned everybody. He said, all of you are going that way. And I give you the word of the Lord, they are going that way. There's one baby face one in Enugu here. God has been long suffering towards that guy. 
Let me not just cut short the long suffering of the Lord. Let me just leave him. But he should just be, be he should be careful himself. If he meets me somewhere, say, ah, Pastor Bank, I say, oh boy, I can't greet people like you. I can't. Lest we they think that we're in the same boat. And anybody I see on the same poster with him, I will not greet, unless I don't remember. So why are you not greeting me? I say, I saw you and Davido in the same poster. There are ministers I know that now say I'm not going to greet them. But I, I'm not bold enough to say I won't greet you. I'll just dodge them. If they call me, I won't answer the phone. They invite me for a program. Listen to me, all of you now, that want to invite me for programs. I don't accept too many invitations. Most of the invitations I get, I reject. But I want to warn everybody ahead. If you want to surprise me, invite me for a program. Then just as I'm arriving, I see the lineup of ministers and I see jokers there. I will leave you. I will not mount your pulpit. And I will tell you, say, sir, you are putting me in the company of the ungodly. I'm going away. So let everybody hear it now. Please tell them. Say, please, who else is coming? Any false prophet on the list? He said, Pastor Mark, we embarrass you because you are going to print poster. There are people in this city, genuine ministers. If I see them on the same billboard where I'm going to minister, I won't go. So please, anybody invite me, ask them, say, how many ministers are coming? And they say, I say, where, where's their list? There are some of our very famous people in Nigeria. You put them on a program, and you put my name. You can call me arrogant and proud. That's your personal problem. Tolerating Jezebel kills people. I'm not going to join you. Call me arrogant, but at least I will not tolerate Jezebel. All these prophets that come with familiar spirits to the pulpit in the front of the people of God, I won't share that pulpit with them. I will not. And please... I'm just warning people, don't try and surprise me. Say, you won't tell me I show first. If you do that, I will tell God to visit his anger upon you instead of me. I'm not going to joke about it. So, okay, you want to show me serve? No, 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 no show yourself. <laughs> you get it? You know what they call show serve? Oh, God. You, you, paid, you know tennis. Some boys say they are very bad. Man, they just drop, drop the service somewhere. Before you, they don't go. So when you surprise somebody with that kind of iniquity, that's all with me. If you try it for me, and I'm in a situation where I don't know what to do, I'll tell you that the Lord will visit this iniquity on you, not on me, not on my household. Because when I see that he did that deliberately. But if I see it ahead of time, even though I have told you I will come, before that I told the Lord I won't go to such places. So I will have no compunction about disappointing you. And I tell you, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I was only minister coming. But I see you have a lineup of people I don't associate with. When I disappoint you like that, they, they won't believe your poster. And look, and there are things I will do. If you go and stand up to try and embarrass me, say, uh, he promised it didn't come, I will not be social media. I will go on Twitter, I will go and say, yes, I promised. But I did not go because of someone. Because he said, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I said, this man wanted to mix me with, with you. I'm telling you. <laughs> Council of the wicked, you go and put me among sinners and scoffers. According to Chris Okoti, those who make mockery of holy things, say they are called scoffers. There are many of them, I don't want to start mentioning them here. There are people that won't go because those guys have, they have they've polluted the place. When I told my wife, I said, that pulpit is a harlot. Any man that brings money, they open for it, for, for them. You make your pulpit a den of harlots, please don't call me. 
If you mistakenly call me, I release my prophetic anointing there. Your building will not last two weeks. Father, we thank you. Let's bow down and give it up, please. Let's go home. Let's pray for this nation. Let's pray for the church. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, cleanse your church. Cleanse your church. Remove Jezebel from the midst of us. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we refuse to tolerate Jezebel. The spirit of Balaam we reject is bringing darkness into our nation. Say, arise, O Lord. Let your enemies be scattered. Let the doers of iniquity perish from before you. Arise, O Lord. Let your enemies be scattered. Say, arise, O Lord. Let your enemies be scattered. Arise, O Lord. Scatter your enemies. Scatter Jezebels. Scatter the Balaams. The council of Balaam we reject as a church. Say that to the Lord today. Yes, in the name of Jesus. He said, cleanse yourself of all defilement of flesh and spirit. This is the word of the Lord to the church in this season. It is time to cleanse yourself of all defilement of flesh and spirit. And perfect holiness in the fear of God. In the fear of God. God is to be feared. Say, Lord, arise. Let your enemies be scattered. Enemies of righteousness. Enemies of truth. Enemies of sound doctrine. Arise, O Lord. Arise, Lord. Arise, arise. Scatter them from before you. Arise, arise. Arise, O Lord. Arise. Let's rise to our feet and read Psalm 68. We are going to read Psalm 68. It's the judgment of God against iniquity. We are reading from verse 1 and we will read all the way to verse 10. And then maybe after that we may read. Let me see whether we will read 19 to 23. Yes. Let's read Psalm 68 from verse 1 to verse 10. And then after that we will go to 19 to 23. Are you there? Please, everybody, can't use the New American Standard Bible if you don't have... I just like the, the way we sound together. That's just the reason why. All right? Any version is okay, but I'm using New American Standard, so I like it to use the same. There's nothing wrong with the other versions. I particularly like NIV, New Living Translation, uh, Good News Translation. I like all of them, but I, I find a good balance in the one I keep recommending. So I'm just going to say that oh, your, your Bible is good. I just want us to read this together. That's why I said we should use this version. Don't think that's the version that uh, God wrote. Some, some people say the King, uh, King James is the, is, the, is the King's version. It's King James, an um, a king that was not born again in England. Mm-hmm. So it's not the God's version. All the versions are generally good. There are some Bibles that are not Bibles. I don't know why people read them. I won't tell anyone from here. Some of them are not really translations of the Bible. They are paraphrases. I hope you're getting my point. Uh, they are not really message. Um, anyway, so just to the New Americans, everybody, let's read together. Are you there? We're reading 1 to 10. We're reading what? 19 to 23. 1 to let's go. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. And let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. 
as wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish before God. But let the righteous be glad, let them exalt before God. Yes, let them rejoice with gladness. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song for him who rides through the desert, whose name is the Lord, and exalt before him. A father of the fatherless and a judge for the widows is God in his holy habitation. God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out prisoners into prosperity. Only the rebellious dwell in a past land. O God, when you went forth before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself quaked at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You shed abroad a plentiful rain, O God. You confirmed your inheritance when it was past. Your creatures settled in it. You provided in your goodness for the poor, O God. Now go to 19 and we'll read to 23. Are you 19? All right, let's go. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our body, the God who is our salvation. God is with us a God of deliverances, and to God the Lord belongs escapes from death. Surely God will shatter the head of his enemies, the hairy crown of him who goes on in his guilty deeds. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan. I will bring them back from the depths of the sea, that your foot may shatter them in blood. The tongue of your dogs may have his portion of your enemies. People of God, listen to this. God is going to shatter his enemies. Enemies of truth. Enemies of righteousness. Why am I saying this? So that people will repent. God does not like to do these things, but he has to. We are saying this so that people will repent, so that they will be saved. But listen to this. Afterwards, God is going to bring blessing upon this church. Now, I don't mean this church as in this assembly, because we are not what people call a church anyway. I mean the church of Christ in this nation. God will bring a blessing upon her. There's going to be an outpouring of the working of miracles. Signs and wonders will return into the body of Christ. Listen, God is going to start doing works that he prophesied concerning long ago. You know, I was reading again this morning, and I realized that Pyeltin came, and he told Nigeria that God has a purpose. The church in Nigeria is going to lead a wave of God, the move of God that will spread worldwide. You want to hear the truth? The time has come for you to start. A preparation is arising now. John is being raised to clear the way for the coming of the Lord. I'm telling you, God, we are, look at the end. Oh, God, this nation will be beautiful. Not for the sake of the world, though, that is the physical beauty, but for the advancement of the gospel of God across the whole world. If you start from here, it will move across Africa. From here, it will move to the rest of the world. God will bring abundant prosperity into the land so that his work may be done with abundance. Yes, in the name of Jesus Christ, God is bringing abundance upon this land. I keep on saying it. It's the spirit that's saying it. He brought it before it was mismanaged. He will bring it again. Let's not mismanage it. He brought it before it was mismanaged. He will bring it again. Let's not mismanage it. In this season, start getting ready. God is going to use many people listening to me. Different ways. He will use many who send you across the world with power, not with persuasion. Not with excellent words. And none of his ministers taking off from this land will lack anything. 
When I was teaching something in Sokoto, that was on Monday. Something, I just said something. I, I, didn't, it just, I had finished saying it. I said, some of you say, why somebody do flying a private jet? I said, if God knows that your word will not fail, if he has to cost him 20 million a month so that you never miss an appointment, he will do that. Yes. He said, why? God said, if he says he's going to be there by five, he has to be there by five. All this, this one that America and Co. will be keeping me at the airport for six hours. God said, no, 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 no. He said, just to make sure, if I tell you I'll be there by five. You know what God said? The silver is mine. The gold is mine. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. After all, does it take to fuel a plane? It's not to drill oil, refine it, then go to bring 10, gallon, uh, 10 tankers, put in that plane, and fly. Nobody to play, 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 take off charge, and landing charge, and parking charge. And God said, do I look broke to you? Listen, the abundance of God will come into this nation. Yes. But let's not mismanage it. Our priority will be to spread righteousness and to spread truth. Let's give the Lord thanks. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We pray the next time, if the Lord allows, I'll go back to teaching the thing we planned for today. Talking about walking in God's will for us. I'll give you praise.